They are playing our song. The Mac and Mac guys here on Birds 365. The Eagles may be taking some downtime. We know that uh, the players are enjoying their bye week. Went in, did some film work yesterday, but they are absolutely on vacay. It's not a long vacay, and it's not a getaway vacay, but it is vacay. The coaches continue to work, as do Mac and Mac. John McMullen yeah. and Jody McDonald here with you on Birds 365. You look like you're ready. You got your desk working for you, Johnny Mac? Yeah, a little bit of an issue. You know, one of those autonomous desks that goes up and down and up and down. But too often, it doesn't want to go up and down. So that kind of ruins the, the whole thing for me. Sometimes you got to reset it. I, here is the big old yeah. wooden desk I have. What the hell is an autonomous desk? Uh, one of those things where you can you can work while standing up. You can raise it. You know, it's supposed to be better for you, get you moving a little bit, that kind of crap. But you know, too often you got to reset the damn thing. And if you're on a show or the radio or something, or you got to be on Zoom, you got to be on camera. You know, you're not thinking, oh, I might have to reset the desk today because it's going to decide not to go up or down. And, you know, my wife sneaks into the air. She lights it up because it creates more room. And, I, you know, and she doesn't tell me she's putting it up. So all of a sudden I sit down the next day and it's up and I got to get it down and it doesn't want to go down. So, you know, this is a lot of inside baseball that no one is interested in. Well, no, but I, I do. Am. I, yeah, I know. It drives me crazy. I, I hate this desk. I've made a mistake. Um and did, I'm not did you going buy it to... and the wife buy it? Uh, she bought it. That's what I figured. Yeah. So you didn't make a mistake. You just nah. you signed off on it like a good I did. I did I, I, I did sign off on it, but you know, I thought I said that's a good idea. That's a and it's it wasn't a good idea. <laughs> well, you look fine. And uh, we got two hours to chat up the birds with you here. By the way, you know, it's interesting. You brought up yesterday. Because yes. you had a problem and people were upset at you about, you know, saying Nick Sirianni and the group text and all that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He brought it up again. He brought it up again. They've got a group test and watch college football, Is you know, Army, Navy and blah, blah, blah. Uh, and uh, oh, by the way, he's going to watch his kids flag football team, yeah. which I'm not uh, saying they shouldn't. God bless him. He's a good dad. Go enjoy Nick. And he even had some fun going. Or I think wanted to meet one of you guys. Yeah, that was Dave, Dave, Dave Sangaro. Yeah, uh, could be picking out a play from the uh, uh, flag football game. I don't think that's going to happen. You know who we should pick out plays from? Bill Bill Belichick. That's who we should pick out plays from. (sighs) Not from last night's game because that was some. And I got a call on it last night, and I commented on what I thought the announcers were saying. I got it both on television and on radio, because I was hopping on WIP afterwards. I hooked up my line early, so I heard the end of the the radio broadcast. They were talking about how it was the greatest 14-10 game they'd ever seen or been part of. And I'm going, excuse me? Everybody always has to. Everything's the greatest. Everything this, that. No, I mean, he just took advantage of the situation. The Eagles were in one of those games a couple of years ago in Buffalo. People remember that game. The wind, when the wind blows there, man, you ain't throwing it. And yeah. you're not throwing it effectively. 
It's just, to me, I mean, he's the best coach of all time. I've said it many, many times. And and to me, it's about that ability to adjust, which I've said has been a very positive for Nick Sirianni early in his career. But this guy's able to to adjust within minutes. I mean, he th- this guy teaches up and has confidence in his players to execute in-game, pre-game, where other teams are like, well, you don't have time to work on this. We brought up that with Kenny Gainwell at the slot receiver. Now, the Eagles aren't doing that. I, 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 I brought, they're not doing it. They're not doing it. Well, you don't have time to do that. Really? You don't have time to do that? Yeah, that I guarantee you that's not coming out of Bill Belichick's mouth. I right. guarantee he had, you. He had, he had time to put in a running game plan that included 97% runs. 3% pass. That's a little bit of a change on the fly because of the weather, and he was able to pull it off. So, yes. Uh, by, the way, by the way, Jody, in his pregame, I don't know, people, Belichick's in everybody's head. That's what I, you know, the most, he, he, he half the time he's got you beat before you go on the field, as long as he has competent talent, um, and he's back with competent talent. Pre-game, his pre-game speech, obviously, he's a big Navy guy. I mean, it, it, but he's wearing a Navy uh, face mask. Um, and obviously, Navy, what do they do? All they do is run the football. And people are thinking he's sending a message. <laughs> no, well, no. He just loves Navy. Always has. Always been involved. Well, with if, Navy he, if he was, that would not be un-Belichickian because... He is but a he's cocky just, he, SOB. He knows how good he is. He knows what he's accomplished. He could have been tipping the world. Yeah, I'm going to come out and run it down your throats. Get ready for it. Here it comes. More power to him. I'm not dismissing that as a possibility. More power to him if he did. Uh, but you know his history with Navy football. I, I think it's more interesting that he's in everyone's head to that degree. But maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. He I, is I, cocky. Uh, no question about that. But he's got a right to be. Right. When you've accomplished um, what he's accomplished, you're allowed to be as cocky as the day is long. Yeah, exactly. And that, you know, that's the thing I was <laughs> that man. I I mean, they're one of those teams with an offensive line. You know, people that um, uh, don't talk about Jeff Stoutland, talk about Dante Sarnecchias, you know, and they they've always had a great offensive line as well. Man, when you have a good offensive line, it's so much easier to do things in this league. And there's so few teams that have it. And the Eagles are lucky enough to be one of the teams that have it. And that's the biggest news coming out of yesterday's press conference, Jason Kelsey. They said they got good news. Obviously, they were very clear because they have the bye week. But looks like there's a chance he's going to be back. And that's big. That's obviously big for the Eagles. That's, for me, as far as I'm concerned, gigantic for the Eagles. We can talk about the quarterback quandary, the quarterback controversy, the quarterback no issue. There are a lot of different ways you can look at it at this stage. There's a major controversy if uh, Jason Kelsey isn't good to go. Sorry, Nate Herbig uh, can't snap the ball to save his life. He played well when he wasn't uh, inside at center. Did a nice job filling in yesterday. At the guard position, as soon as he went in the center, oops, he almost killed uh, Gardner Minshew with a snap. So uh, <laughs> that's that's kind of important for the Eagles to make sure they have uh, Jason Kelsey healthy. We won't know for 12 days. Maybe we'll know before the game, but who who knows till we get to next week. Um, 
you did bring it up. We got off on the uh, Belichick tangent because you were talking about Sirianni and him saying the group text they'll be part of again during the downtime for the players, but not downtime for the coaches. <coughs> he didn't say they were getting together on Sunday. You told me they were definitely going to be in the building on Sunday. The no, I didn't say definitely. I said probably. And okay, if they, probably. They're in the building. I give them credit. He said he wanted to give the coaches some time off as well. I I also said in that same conversation, I think coaches are ridiculous with the, oh, we got to be in the office 24 hours a day. Um, so, you know, they're going to take some time off. And, and you know, he mentioned, as you said, is. Uh, his son's flag football game, he's going to go to that. And I applaud him for that. I, I do, because I think coaches um, are ridiculous. I mean, you know, I always joked about it with Andy Reid. I think that was one of his downfalls. And obviously, when he left Philadelphia, I think most of it was you have a shelf life and 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 um, you naturally people start stop listening to you. Um uh, I brought up that with Mike Zimmer yesterday as well. I think people have just stopped listening to him. Um, you know, the other part with Andy was the family issues and, you know, the guy works all the time. And I said, you know, it's probably better to have a little bit of a balance in your life. And just from a natural uh, progression, I think football coaches by and large are kind of, you know, and, and Dick Vermeil were in the town where he was probably the crux of it all really, if you think about his, his mentality. And then somewhere along the line, and I can't really tell you where, Jody, it became this badge of honor yeah. where I'm going to be in there. I'm going to be in the office 20, 20 hours. And there's a lot of, I got, there's a lot of alcoholism in that profession. There's a lot of stress in that profession. There's a lot of issues in that profession. And I think it's all tied to this, this badge of honor that I always have to be in the office. And I, I, I would always describe it as, you could watch as much tape as you want and you might pick up the little, the, the most insignificant tell, you know, might be an offensive lineman tipping off. If it's a pass player run play and you figure it out and you're all excited, you know, the key is imparting that information to the players. If they're, if they're not capable of, 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 of finding what you find in real time, it doesn't matter, you know? So that's why coaches it's, it's ironic. They also talk about execution. That's what matters most. Everybody knew. Everybody on Buffalo, they might not have known at the beginning of the game. They should have. But they sure as heck knew pretty early in that game they're going to run the stinking football, and they're going to run the same stinking plays, and they're going to have an extra offensive lineman on the field, and they're going to have that little um, – Harry's going to be the wide receiver and he's going to block back on the play and they're going to try to get it to the outside. It was pretty easy to decipher and they couldn't stop it. And that's about execution. Uh, while I hear everything just said, John, and I uh, agree with almost 99% of it. There'll be in the office day. When I say they, I mean the Eagles coaching staff uh, <laughs> coordinated day. You guys are going to get a chance to talk to, uh, the D.C., the O.C., the special teams coordinator. If they need downtime, they need to get out of the office. They need to be somewhere else. Do it Wednesday. Do it Thursday. Do it Friday. Do it Saturday. Sunday, the entire staff should be in the building. And they might be. I know he was talking about college football. I don't, I don't know their schedule. They're not going to give me their schedule. They might be. 
But I, I, I said, even, even if the Washington Dallas game is on, and that's why I said it's one o'clock If they're in the office, they're going to be together and they're going to have that game on in the background, but they're going to be doing other stuff. They're not going to be watching the game. Like a, like, like a fan would watch the game. Why not? What 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 could they possibly be doing Sunday between one and four that would be more helpful to the <laughs> team going forward than watching the Redskins and the Cowboys? Seeing as, or excuse me, the Washington football team and the Cowboys, seeing as three of their last four games are against those two football teams, what could they possibly be doing on Sunday between one and four that would be more important than Shut watching up. that game? Um. Cutting up film game planning. Remember, you know, the TV version isn't um, the most important one for them. Understood. Um, remember, a typical week, you, everybody plays on Sunday. You're getting that film anyway. You still have the same time with that film immediately after the game ends. So it's not like the Eagles are like schlubs like me. And they have to wait for a game pass to, to finally, which is the worst uh, uh, the worst thing ever offered by the NFL. For some reason, a $13 billion company can't get that right. But uh, that's another conversation. They don't have to wait. We all sit there as writers. We wait for the all 22 Tuesday. Where is it? Where is it? No, they get it right away. Um, so as soon as the game ends, they get it. So, I mean, it, it – to me, it's not it's not that big of a deal. And Nick has explained in the past when he's played on Thursday, I think it was the Thursday week, and yeah, yeah, he'll have the game on in the background. He'll watch the game, but he's not sitting there intently. He's doing other stuff. He's game planning. He's getting ready. I mean, it's just it's just not the TV uh, the TV program. The TV actual view of the game is just not that important to the coaches. Now they want to see what happens, and that's why they have it on. But they're not going to, you know, they're not going to be entrenched. It would be how I would describe it. That's fine. That's the way you look at it. Here's the way I look at it: get in front of the TV, all of you. Get around the TV. Hear what Romo's got to say. I, I like Romo. I think Romo's good. I like the way that he second guesses. And pre-guessed the offense before stuff even comes down. Yeah, you have the rest of the week. The Eagles would usually be playing. So you have your entire week in front of you laid out as it always can be. You had several days off to recharge your battery, even as coaches. Sunday, when you would usually be playing, should be dedicated to be in front of a TV and watching the Reds, uh, Washington football team and the Cowboys. Hey. That would be me. If I were Jeff Lurie, if I were the only owner of the Philadelphia Eagles, and I was in the stadium Sunday at 2.30, and I walked downstairs, and there wasn't a television on that all my coaches were sitting around watching it, I'd be pretty damn disappointed. But that's just me. I'm, I guess I'm a little different than you. Well, I mean, you, 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 like, for instance, you know, generally, and Nick has been a little bit more um, evasive, as to what he gives each of his uh, offensive coaches, because he wants everything. If something goes wrong, he wants you to blame him. Uh, he doesn't want you to blame Shane Steichen or Kevin Petullo or Brian Johnson or what have you, or whoever the game management uh, coach is. Uh, Jim Bob Cooter. Um, he, he, uh, 
But, you know, he's like everybody else. He's a head coach. He's, he's going to give one of those guys third downs, for instance, you know. So, you know, what, one of the time-consuming aspects of, of, of the job is that you're not just looking at the, the Washington football team on third downs against Dallas on Sunday. You're trying to go back the entire season. Okay, what do they do? Taylor Heineke, what do they do well? What do they ship? What are they going to in third and long? What are they going to in third and short? You're trying to pick pick up a trend. You're trying to use all these cut-ups. You're trying to do this. You're trying to do that. It's not just about what they're doing against Dallas on Sunday. That that is the the where I think you're you're a little bit off base. No, here's where I think you're a little bit off base. They've got three hours on Sunday that they usually be playing a football game, right? They play football every single Sunday. Yeah, they play Thursday night games. Yeah, they play Monday night games. Yeah, when they're on the West Coast, they play at 4 o'clock. But you get what I'm saying. There's a three-hour window in which they play football every week during this season, correct? Correct. And they've got every other hour of the week to do what they need to do to be prepped for the next week, correct? Correct. They're not going to be playing a football game during that three hours this Sunday, are they? No, they are not. So what would be best served that three hours doing to me it would be watching a game between two teams that will be their opponents three out of the last four weeks of the season what is the best use of that three-hour block that is open to you when it usually isn't because you're not going to be playing a game i think you should be watching the game between the two teams well nfl teams think of it the other way nfl teams complain about short weeks if they play on monday they lose a little bit of time they talk about the mini buy having a little bit of extra time that's the whole point of having the buy you do have a leg up washington can't start uh doing their stuff on the eagles until they're done right uh with the cowboys uh, that's where the Eagles have their leg up. If you're just sitting there with your legs up watching the game, having some Cheetos with James Steichen, I think it was Cheez-Its, um, you know, that's not taking advantage of your time. That's just not the way coaches think. I, I mean, they're not they're – not, and Nick Sirianni talked about – he and, and I mentioned it yesterday on the show. He can't watch a football game like a fan anymore. He just doesn't think that way. So he's not going to put his feet up and watch the game as a fan and talk. I, I didn't suggest. I didn't suggest they sit around and get a buzz on, have beers and 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 prepare hors d'oeuvres. But, but no, I'm not... talking about sitting in a room, notepad, your iPad, whatever you need to take in the best information to be able to use it for the games coming down the line. That's what I need them to do. Okay. I just think well, they should well, be doing well, look it together at it this way. so they can cross talk to each other well, while look the game's at, being look played. At this. Well, look at it this way, Jody picture the frame of last night's game okay you know you're playing buffalo next week whatever and it's not a a, a a weather game so it's more of a typical game if you're jonathan gannon or or you're denard wilson and you can't even see the defensive backfield and what they're doing what what the heck what what was it what is it going to do for you when you can wait three hours and see what the hell they're doing I mean, they're going to have the game on, but it doesn't do anything for you. They're going to watch the game. They're going to be, but they're going to be trying to utilize their time. I just know coaches. I mean, it, the, the TV view does not give the coaches the information they want. That's the simplest explanation. It just doesn't. They right. can, it can't. It, it, it's not what they're looking for. 
so they can, you know, they can go, wow, that's a great play. That's that's an inventive thing. They can see stuff like that. They'll pick stuff out like that, but then they're going to go to the film and see, oh, what did they do here? What did they execute? How did they do this? The TV production is for the casual fan. It's not going to give them the information that they want on a particular play. That's the simplest explanation. Well, I'll ask you a simple question then. What would John McMullen suggest the Eagle coaching staff be doing between one and four this Sunday? I would suggest they do their normal work and they're doing cut-ups and they're working on game plan. No, no, their their normal work. Their normal work is playing football at that time. The normal no, work Jody, is being you're, on you're, the sideline, making calls in games. So what is They're the not difference? going to be doing that this Sunday, John. So I'm asking you, what should they be doing during that three hours when they would usually be playing football? How would they best be able to use their time? Downtime, rest, breaking down film, whatever it was. What would you suggest they be doing during that three-hour time period? I would suggest they do what they typically do as coaches. Now, as I brought up to you before, what about short weeks, Jody? What about short weeks? What about playing on Thursday? What about playing on Sunday then by Correct. Then playing you adjust. You do different things. You don't just stay So when you have more static. time, so I'm what do you have you more time? You do during that three-hour time period. You've got, some, you've got three hours that you never have. What's you're always first, playing a game at that time. Got, it's the, almost you're, like you're, a you're, free three hours. What would you do with those free three hours? How could they best be spent? You're you're so hyper focused on on they have to watch this football game. You're so hyper focused. What's the first stat you just saw it last week? When the Kansas City Chiefs come off a bye, what's the first stat you hear all week? What do you hear all Andy week? Andy Reid is great all after week, the bye. All week, all week. Andy Reid. Great with the extra prep time. Great with the extra prep time. You think Andy Reid, of all people, said, hey, I'm going to sit down and watch this game of my opponent next week. No, he's taking advantage of his extra prep time. That's what he does. That's what he's good at. That's what that you're you're so hyper-focused on. They don't have to do anything. They normally don't have this time. Well, if you normally don't have the time, Take advantage of the extra time. That's why you have an advantage over the Washington football team. That's why coaches complain when they have a short week because they don't have that time. They don't have the same amount of time. It sort of works both ways. You're not looking at it the other way. Now, where I will agree with you, it's overblown. I think coaches blow it up too much. You know, when Nick would say, oh, we have a short week, we got to go. We got to go on this press conference. It, it can only be 10 minutes, not 15 minutes. That's what we got behind the screen, uh, behind the scenes. That kind of stuff is silly with coaches. I'll be the first to admit that. I brought up Steve Spurrier. But I'm just saying that's the way coaches think. You have extra time. Use your extra time in a valuable fashion. Do cut-ups. Have the quality control coach dig into what Washington does on third and four every single play of the season to see what they like, what they do. Nobody cares what Tony Romo thinks about, I care, you care, coaches don't care. If they have to rely on Tony Romo to tell them what's going on in the field, you're screwed, you're done, you're lost. Romo may have a nugget that clicks in and perfectly opens the eyes of one of the coaches to something that Washington or Dallas That's does. Not, that, if a coach tells me that, 
and I'm interviewing him, and I'm Jeffrey Laurie, and I'm out the door. I don't want this guy. If you don't have confidence in yourself to know what's going on, look, look at Robert Sala. Robert Sala is like – Well, then, then John, doesn't, don't the coaches share amongst each other? Sure. Well, Nick Sirianni leans on his assistant coaches and the like. Should I think less of Nick Sirianni if he's going to lean on his coaches? Don't you get your information? Don't you get your inside knowledge? Don't you you try and comb through whatever you can to get a little nugget to improve the team? Are you yeah, saying you're there's zero zero percent chance you, Tony you already, you, are, like you already have those nuggets. You already have the film. You already have the cutups. You already have. Like we say it every week, and we do it because we have to do it. It's one of those things, and I personally like to do it because I know the answer coming. This week it was Joe Flacco. Well, what is Joe? You hear it all the time. What is Joe Flacco being on the Eagles? He's a quarterback. He knows the offense. He knows everything. So Robert Sala got to ask the question, and 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 Robert, I knew what he was going to say. I could have told you what he was going to say. He's going to say, "Well, Joe's a really smart guy, and Joe's, uh, you know, Joe understands what's going on." But we got all the film. We got all the tape. We got to know what's going on. We have to know what they're running. Things have changed. Verbiage, blah, blah, blah. They say the same thing all the time. With with quarterbacks, it, it is a little bit different. They'll they'll delve into the quarterback's mind more than if you bring in, say, Elijah Riley. You know, what's Elijah Riley going to tell him? Uh, they know what the Eagles do on defense. It's pretty stinking simple. They know. Um, that That's my only point. I mean, nobody's going – and that's not an insult to Tony Romo. I love Tony Romo. I think he's one of the best ever to do that job. I think he's so natural at it. I think it's, it's pretty unbelievable. But there's not a coach in this league. And, by the way, they're probably – I'm not saying there's probably some that Tony's smarter than. I think we've seen that around the league. But, I mean, they can't think that way. And if you have a coach that has to lean on Tony Romo, well, you're screwed anyway. I mean, let's be honest. You you got a bad coach, so then go find a good coach. I w- is how I would describe it. No, T- Tony Romo, thank you for your uh, kind words, and I say the same kind words. And John, chances are, if they watch the game, are they going to find out something, some little nugget that probably not? I'm just saying, if there's a zero point zero 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 two percent chance, yeah, that would be to me more important than. Uh, re-breaking down the game film, which you could do before, which you could do again after, which you would do for the eighth time. That's not going to change. And, uh, well, what? And that's where I said at the beginning of this conversation, the 157th time of looking at the tape and this and that, and, that, and that's where I think they overblown things. But, I mean, that's what they do. That's what coaches do. And that's what the profession has become. And Dick Vermeil is going to be in the Hall of Fame. And, it, you know, we'll, we'll have Paul Domovich on in an hour, too. Maybe we can talk to Paul about Dick Vermeil because he started this. I believe he is the apex of this. I really do. J-Mac and uh, J-Mac. You got the Mac and Mac guys here on Birds 365. As you mentioned, Paul Domovich is going to join us next hour. We'll come back with more breakdown of the Eagles and where they sit. Four games left to play, percentage to make the playoffs. Sorry, folks. Johnny Mac tried to rile it up as best he could with quarterback controversy. Didn't happen. <laughs> it just, it did not happen. The coach put the kibosh on it. Doesn't matter what Gardner Minshew's numbers were. Jalen Hurts is the quarterback of the Eagles going forward for these last four games. We'll come back and talk more about that here on Birds 365. 
At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. The glass is for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Yo, okay, but is the rim... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero carbs, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder. And it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messa & Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Jordan McDonald, John McMullen here with John Bird 365, your Mac and Mac guys. Uh, yes, we were, before the show started yesterday, uh, I mentioned it last night on my WIP show. As I'm driving down the New Jersey Turnpike, I left earlier than you, John. You had to stay for the whole game and get the post-game stuff. I got out of there late third quarter, so no traffic for me. Thank you very much. But I'm already starting to think about what the show's going to be like here on Bird 365 on Monday and my Monday night show on WIP and so on and so forth. And I thought that we would have a bit of a who's going to be the quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles conversation going forward. It didn't really turn out to that be that. Uh, the coach put a pretty good kibosh on it as soon as the game was over and done with, with the exclamation point of, of course, uh, that Jalen Hurts was going to be their quarterback going forward. He doubled down on that yesterday in his day after press conference, despite the fact that Gardner Minshew had a very good statistical game against the Philadelphia, against the New York Jets. Doesn't seem like anybody who's in a position of actually having something to do with it is wavering that there is a question as to who should be the Eagles quarterback. It's Jalen Hurts. 
I thought that was going to be, and I thought it was going to be over the top and more people were going to be calling for uh, Gardner Minshew going forward. It really wasn't near that. I know uh, on WIP, they asked the same exact poll question on both the morning show, the afternoon show. Our buddy Brendan Gowton asked it on Bleeding Green Nation. Almost everywhere, it's high, low 60s to high 30s that Jalen Hurts is, should be, and will continue to be the Eagles quarterback. Have you been surprised that it wasn't as big a controversy as one, me, guilty as charged, or you thought it might be? Um, a little bit from the the fan base perspective. I knew the team. I knew where I knew before the game the team said, you know, Jalen's a starter, and they were, you know, concrete about it. It wasn't like uh, we'll see what happens if he throws. Yeah, you know, they essentially even we even asked certain people if he throws for four hundred yards, you know what's coming, right? And it wasn't 400 yards, but it was a perfect passer rating in the first half. It was 133.7, which I think is the highest passer rating this team has had since Nick Bowles in the NFC Championship game. So it's been a while. So it's pretty good performance, I'm trying to say. And we could add the context in of the Jets and all that. You should. Um, but I think you brought up an interesting uh, hypothetical yesterday with, I think it was Chris, Chris Franklin of NJ.com, to me where it really ramps up is if you're on the field against the Washington football team and it's, I think you said, 10-3, something like that at halftime, and Jalen is stinking up the joint. Remember, we've had these halves where it's been bad, and it usually comes on maybe Carolina. Carolina was like that, really bad. Jalen's been a better second-half player second than the first-half player, just as a general across-the-board statement. Yeah. That's true. But if you if you start to look at it, because remember it's getting late, it's getting late early now. You're you're right there. But if you lose this football game coming up after the bye against the team ahead of you that you're really trying to chase, there's some other San Francisco could fall off, but you already have lost the tiebreaker to them, so you know that. So it's a bigger lead than it looks like on paper. Um you're you're down nine to three, ten to three. You're still in the football game. Your quarterback throws for forty yards. Then what do you do in game? Then you say, well, this guy just performed well. Ultimately, I think the Eagles won't do anything, but I think it might, especially if it turns out in a negative fashion, and they lose the game. I think then is when it would really start to percolate. But I, but I am interested because of Gardner's personality. Um, I thought he would latch on to at least more of a minority. But I think Jalen Hurts, the difference between Jalen Hurts and all these other quarterback controversies Philadelphia has become famous for is everybody likes Jalen Hurts. Like they like him. They like him personally. They like the way he handles the business. And they should. He's a, he's a good He's a good kid behind the scenes. He's a work. Everything you hear about him is true. He's he's a tremendously hard worker. Um, he's a natural leader. I, I always say how even keeled he is. They like him. Like there was a there was a lot of a lot of people who didn't like Carson Wentz for whatever reason. Um, and you go back to previous ones. There was always two different camps amongst Eagle fans the vast majority like Jalen Hurts. That's what I think it comes down to. 
but as you pointed out just a second ago, if they had a chance to know him more, and you don't really get a chance to talk to him much, you guys don't, the fans don't get a chance to hear from him, uh, we know Gardner Minshew much more so from what he was like when he was in Jacksonville than since he's come here to Philadelphia at his introductory press conference, and we haven't really heard from him since. Yeah, because yeah, he that doesn't play. Yeah. The backup quarterback doesn't get a chance to address the media. So he doesn't get a chance to put across his personality and the way that he gets uh, he goes about doing his job. If we did, I think a lot of people would like Gart would like oh, a great would. deal too. Oh, they definitely would. It's like the big Lebowski with a bomber jacket. Dude, right. dude. Was talking about his short shorts, his mustache, his powerful legs. Yeah, I mean the guys the guys entertaining. Um, and yeah, I think you're right. I mean, that's part of the advantage you have in, in the COVID area as well, because remember if we were in the locker room, we could talk to Gardner, um, not all the time, but a decent amount of time. And I think you would see more, um, of what you're talking about because yeah, he's, he's a little bit different, obviously. I mean, he's got the big personality. He lights up a room. Um, and yeah, I agree. More people would, would get to know him. More people would like him. They saw that video with him hugging his dad after the game, you know, it's endearing. It's not, you know, he doesn't act like an a-hole. Uh, he's just a fun loving guy and people relate to that, I think. And truth be told, now again, the stream's not happy with me this morning because they think I'm over the top in my critique of the Eagle coaching staff and what they should be doing. Oh, they're one right on that one. Uh, fine. Um, <laughs> here's where I'll I like annoy being, them. I like being on the right end for once. Here's, here's where I'll annoy them again because I feel the, at least two calls on this last night and it always disturbs me when I have to. Gardner Minshew's personality... Jalen Hurts' personality, Gardner Minshew's skin color. Yeah, well, Jalen Hurts' skin color, as far as I'm concerned, is irrelevant. Irrelevant. The only thing that matters is what they can do on the field with the football in their hands. I don't give wit one about who's got the better personality, who's the better leader. Who's the guy who the team's going to rally around? Who's white? Who's black? I don't care. All I care about is who gives them the best chance to win on Sunday. That's the only thing that matters to me. Well, you know where we are in society. Everything is polarized to a ludicrous degree. Um, You know, it's it's silly. Uh, I don't even like to give it. I don't. I, I don't even pay it any credence. If you bring up any of that nonsense. Uh, in in my so I just mute you. I, you're done. You're in the abyss to me. Uh, you know, I got to deal with Jalen Hurts every day because I get this criticism all the time. I, you know, I, he first of all, number one, he likes me. He respects me because he knows I'm fair to him, uh, and and we have a good relationship. Uh, doesn't mean I'm going to say he's great when he's not great. It, it doesn't mean I'm not going to say he's not great because he, he's playing great. Uh, because of his skin color. I tell you what the Eagles are telling me. He's the starting quarterback of this team. They say he's earned that right. Um, as far as Gardner Minshew, 
it's not my fault this fan base has fallen into this quarterback controversy. And it's not just Nick Foles and Carson Wentz. It's been over the years with, you know, the Michael Vicks of the world, the Kevin Cobbs of the world. By the way, black quarterbacks, white quarterbacks, uh, doesn't matter. It's always been sort of a, a thing with this fan base in recent history. Um, as far as these two quarterbacks, I've been very honest. I don't think either of them is the long-term answer for right. this team. Um, I think Jalen has limitations. I think Gardner has limitations. Uh, to me, the goal is you you can't get your long-term answer now, so how do you get to the playoffs? How do you get to the playoffs? I'm, I'm of the belief of, you know, you, you what what – that hypothetical we just talked about, Jody, if he's playing, if Jalen is playing poorly after the bye at halftime, do you make the move to Gardner Minshew? Well, traditional football thinking says no. You, you don't bench your, your starting quarterback out of desperation. Um, and Nick Sirianni is more of a traditional football guy than I think people realize. So I don't even think he would entertain that thought. But when people talk about innovation and you got to start thinking differently, which they often do in the NFL, if you're if your lone goal is to make the playoffs and somebody else gives you a better chance to make the playoffs by winning a game on a particular Sunday, do you pull the trigger? I think it's an interesting conversation. I don't think, as I just said, I don't think Nick Sirianni would do it. But I think it's an interesting conversation, especially coming off the game that Gardner Minshew had. I think the way you answer that question, John, agree or disagree with me on this, is you got to answer that question before the game ever starts. Shoot, I would say Sirianni had to answer that question two minutes after the game ended against the Jets on Sunday. What is your main goal in the last four games of the 2021 season? Is it to make the playoffs? Or is it to continue what has been a year-long process of evaluating if Jalen Hurts is the guy for the Eagles starting in 2022 and going forward? I think we all agree that that was a big part of what this season was about. There are many things that you're trying to accomplish during the season. A big one for the Philadelphia Eagles was, is Jalen Hurts good enough to be our guy past this year? I don't have that answer yet. I was hoping to have that answer by this yeah. time. When so, we reach- but see, I, I think the Eagles have their answer. I, I don't know what that answer is, but I, I think the Eagles have their answer. They know what they want to do moving forward. Now, um, then if that's the case, well, I, I, I'm sorry, I don't want to read your mind. Are you suggesting that Jalen Hurts is not the quarterback for 2022. They, they've come to the decision that Jalen Hurts is not their quarterback. No, I'm for suggesting they're going to look to upgrade in the offseason. And if they can upgrade in the offseason, that Jalen Hurts will be the starter next year. But I think Jalen Hurts is a bridge quarterback. I think the question is, is that bridge one year or is that bridge two years? Could it be, could even be three years. You don't want it to be three years. But I think they will look to upgrade the position in the offseason, whether that's via trade, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, uh, whether it's via the draft that has to deal with evaluation, uh, Kenny Pickett most notably. Do they like him? Do they not like him? If they don't like him, uh, you just kick the can down the road. 
and you go with Jalen Hurts. If they're not able to get Russell Wilson, they're not able to convince Deshaun Watson. He doesn't clear up his legal issues. You kick the can down the road. I think they have made the determination in we have to get better at the most important position. That's what I think the determination the determination okay. has been made. Then, then I will use Nick Sirianni's own words from yesterday's press gathering to ask you a question. Nick Sirianni once again said, and he said it many times during the year, but he, he doubled down on it yesterday. Our goal is to go one and zero. We're not. Uh, going by the to way, Xander just put two years up for Bryce Young. <laughs> they're not going to be that bad to get Bryce. Yeah, Young. that's. Uh, I don't know that they're going to have the draft capital to get to where they need to get to to get Bryce one, which is going to be the first overall pick in the draft. Um, Nick Sirianni said it again yesterday. Uh, our goal every week is to go one and zero. That we can't lose focus. That we have to stay so narrow tuned in to the the job at hand, which is to win the upcoming and get a little bit better every single week. And he, a lot of coach speak, and he does it from time to time. And he leaned on it again yesterday. If he is a man of his word, and the only thing that matters is going one and zero after the bye against the Washington Football Team, who gives the Big Eagles the best chance to win the game in twelve days? <clears throat> Um, I think Jalen does. I think Jalen's a better quarterback than Gardner Minshew. Um, I think Gardner Minshew is very limited. I I think the more he plays, the more he gets exposed. I think people will will realize very quickly. Um, he's not going to go. He's not going to throw the ball deep consistently. He doesn't have that type of arm strength. It's more of an intermediate throw. So if you get to a a smart defensive mind. I consider Ron Rivera that, uh, who's got time to think about it. Um, they're going to adjust pretty quickly and understand they can jump on the intermediate stuff, and it's going to become more difficult. The more he plays, the more difficult it's going to become. Um, I think Janlin gives you, obviously, it's a give and take. He gives you the off-schedule stuff that you're not going to have with Gardner Minshew. When we've seen, we talked about the second half versus first half. What Jalen tends to do is wear on opposing defenses because of that off-schedule stuff, uh, because he can make plays out of nothing um, and, you know, takes tremendous discipline to play a quarterback like that to begin with. And then when you do everything right – and you still get gashed, it's it's sort of a human nature, you know, shaking your head, you know, type of atmosphere. So I just think he's got – I just think he's a better quarterback. But, you know, if it coming off a game like that complicates it and, and Gardner Minshew because you don't need Gardner Minshew for 16 games, now 17. I always make that slip up. Um, you need him for a half? You need them to win a game. That's that's a more compelling thought to me, but that's not the way this league thinks. And I think maybe they should think that way more. If you have a capable, competent backup quarterback, and that's what I think Gardner is, a capable, competent backup quarterback. But we all know, Jody, and you hear it all the time, that's a rotational position. That's not a rotational position. Quarterback is not a rotational not position. Supposed to be, no. Not supposed to be at the NFL level. At college, it often is. And as I always say, innovation trickles up in the world of football, not down. 
Why is it a rotational position? Look, if you have a star, of course it's not. You're not taking Tom Brady off the field. But if you have a, 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 a competent starter who is having a bad day and you have a good backup and you need to win a game, why is that not talked about? Why is that not brought up? You talk about coaches' meetings and what they're doing. Why not? Why doesn't somebody say stand up and the, Chip, the old Chip Kelly? Uh, one of the – maybe the only thing I, I took from Chip Kelly is, you know, I, I don't want to hear – I'm paraphrasing, of course. He said, I don't, I don't want to hear uh, an answer because that's the way it's always been done. In other words, uh, you know, come to me with new information. Come, come to me with new ideas. You didn't listen to them. So that's a different conversation. I don't want to hear that's not a rotational position because that's the way it's always been done. They don't have a superstar. They got to win a game. Somebody's struggling. I think it's worth a conversation. Now, I say that and people are going to run with it. I don't think it's going to be a conversation. I don't think they're going to do that. I think with this team at this particular time, they have a very small window to make the playoffs, the back end of the playoffs, do everything you possibly can to get into the playoffs. Is That's what I think you should do. To, to take what you just said and put it into the actual situation. We're in, you were talking in big, grandiose situation. We're in a vacuum right now. We know it is left to the Eagles season. There are four games. Two against the Washington football team, one against the Giants, one against the Cowboys. We know exactly what's left. We know what the standings say. They will alter slightly this week with other teams playing and the Eagles not. So it will change slightly before they get back on the field against the Washington football team. Is four games too much? If you're worried about the more you see Gardner, the more you'll know Gardner, the more you'll be able to defend Gardner because Gardner is not this super talent that can just overcome people knowing what he's going to do. So in the vacuum that is the rest of the Eagles season, you say Jalen Hurts is the best quarterback to uh, give them their best record over the last four games of the year. Yeah, I do. I consider, you know, to use the go the Jim Swartz route, I'll use a baseball analogy. You know how baseball people are now, especially now. You can't go through the lineup a third time, sometimes a second time. They got to play Washington twice, and that's the key team. So, now I don't want Gardner Minshew twice against the Washington football team. Certainly by number two, they're going to have them figured out. Um, so, that concerns me. You know, the Giants are the Giants. They should be able to – boy, that loss is going to haunt them if they don't make the playoffs because that is a bad football team. And I say the same thing this week. As I said, Giants week, they should win that football game. No matter what, uh, it's a bad organization, bad team. That will go down as a really, really bad loss. Well, it's already a bad loss, but if they don't make the playoffs, and it's probably going to be by one game, let's be honest, they're going to look at that game. Uh, and then Dallas, we've talked, Dallas is a better football team, but they might not even be playing by by week 18. Correct. Um so that a lot of that is dependent on how, how things go and where the Cowboys are. I think you have to look at the three games Eagles play prior to the Cowboys, <clears throat> and you have to keep the Cowboy game off to the side because too much needs to be determined between now and then to give that actual and fair analysis. 
All right, one more quickie, and then we'll get a timeout in and start our number two. Um, you mentioned that giant loss game. They surely could have won, blah, blah, blah. And Jalen Rager dropped the ball. Jalen Rager dropped the ball a couple times in that game. Jalen Rager had it thrown to him seven times. He caught the, uh We spent almost an entire week talking about Jalen Rager. And, yeah, I kind of buried the guy. And I continue to bury him. I got no problems burying him. I'll tell you who hasn't buried him, Nick Sirianni. He got more snaps than Devontae Smith this past week. I saw, hey, you know, I'm a little bit of a Jet guy, so I watched him there. I watched Jalen Rager let a kick bounce and return <laughs> it to the six-yard line. I watched him muff a punt. Now, to his credit, he picked it up and actually made positive yardage out. I give him at least that. But he couldn't catch a punt. Why is this guy still playing, John McMullen? Yeah, Nick probably. Oh, I'm sorry. I shouldn't even ask you. Because they have no faith in the guys behind him, which apparently you were very right about. Greg Ward didn't play a snap this past Sunday. Yeah, they don't. Um, well, as far as the playing time, um, and as far as playing more than Devontae, that had to do with they played a lot of uh, 13 personnel, especially in the second half. Um, and, and do me a favor. Please explain why 13 personnel would be better suited. Jalen Rager would be better suited to play in 13 personnel. Than Devonta Smith, what he's what? just he's bigger, he's stronger. Um, it should be JJ to be honest. If you're, if, but then you're, I guess they feel they're giving away too much. Um, if they just put him out there and you kind of signal, so coaches tend to overthink themselves. But when you when you talk about uh, receivers and you start to talk about he's on the field for blocking, you know it's a bad situation. We go back to New England last night with and and Keel Harry and. That's what he was out there for. 13 personnel, uh, seal the edge, cut inside with the block. That's what he was out there before. That's what the Eagles were doing with Jalen Rager. So it was game specific. I don't think Nick handled the uh, the question very well. If they were playing more <clears throat> 12, certainly more 11, um, Devontae Smith would have had more snaps as he typically does. Um, so it was just – they were trying to run the football in the second half, so it got skewed. And then what Nick shouldn't have said, it was true, but he shouldn't have said our punter wasn't on the field all day until the very end there in CPOS. Um, so it was successful. So we kind of flexed a little bit there and said, I don't have to explain Which I had myself. no problem just, with because yeah. what he said was true. Yeah. yeah. It, it was accurate. Yeah. So it was just 13, and they they – they had the blocker on the field, and obviously Devontae. And by the way, Devontae's a better blocker, too. That, that, oh, thank you very much for jumping to my next question. You mentioned on how you have to wait till you get the All-22 tape uh, as a member of the media. If you want to subscribe, NFL, send you, blah, blah, blah. Um, now, far be it for me to tell anyone what to do with their time. Because I'm trying to tell the Eagles coaches what to do with <laughs> that's their a, time. That's a sore spot for you. Between one and four on Sunday. So this is not a Jody McDonald edict. This is just a very friendly asking of a favor. If you'd be so kind, John McMullen, when you watch the All-22 and you know Jalen Rager's presence when he's on the field, if you could evaluate how good a job he does in blocking on plays that he doesn't go up, that's a running play, and that would 
in anyone's potential thought process be a choice to be on the field instead of Devonta Smith? Could you please tell me how you would grade that out as a, 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 a in-depth football observer? Because, and I don't watch all 22 like you do, so you know better than me, and the coaching staff knows better than me. But even on my little watch the game with the announcers talking on Sunday, well, you know, when I said that, being Jerry. able to analyze football, here's my evaluation of Jalen Rager. He sucks. He sucks at everything. He sucks at uh, the special teams. He sucks at catching the ball. He sucks at blocking. He shouldn't be on the field. But apparently I know nothing about football because the coaching staff continues to put him out there. Uh. So I need to be educated by John McMullen. I need you to watch the All-22 and tell me what I'm missing with Jalen Rager, that what he's bringing to the table that I'm just not comprehending or missing because it baffles me. Well, I, I will say, well, number one, because it seems to be a sore spot, I wasn't insulting you. I said coaches don't uh, respect the TV uh, broadcast. I, that's all. I mean, that's just the, the reality of it. Um, but well, if, if we, uh, if we as want insulting, as... I'll give you insulting. I guarantee you, there are a couple Eagles on the Eagle coaching staff that uh, I would, I think, I would learn more and I would trust more analysis coming from Tony Romo than guys on Eagle coaching staff. Well, so, that I mean, I have a lot of respect, as I said, for Tony Romo. I there are bad coaches in this league. I already said that. I I don't think the Eagles have a bad coaching staff, but we'll see. It's very young. I think they're doing. Uh, a good job. And I think especially where it has started and where we've come to, I think people by and large are probably pleasantly surprised that they are competent uh, and they do know something about football, but uh, to get back and I go back to Bill Belichick again, I have to thank Bill Belichick because he, he did the exact same thing. So it's easy to explain today. Now, Again, it's probably should be J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. That's the bigger conversation to me. Like, why isn't J.J. out there? If all you're going to do is what the Patriots did with Harry and try to seal the edge and try to do 13 personnel. And, you know, Rager's just a bigger guy than Devontae. We talk about Devontae all the time, 166 pounds. I don't want him doing that. The Eagles don't want him doing that. Now, downfield, when you're in 11 or 12, and excuse me, um, you know, Miles Sanders breaks one downfield and then it becomes a big thing. Is the wide receiver going to get a block to, you know, turn a 10 yard run into a 20 yard run or maybe even further. Devontae is actually better at that than, than Jalen Rager. He's really shockingly good as a blocker downfield considering his size, but they don't want him doing that. And I don't blame him. They don't want him at the line of scrimmage dealing with setting edges. Um, so that is is more of what it's about. You know, if they if they have 13 on the field, I, again, I think the bigger conversation is why isn't J.J. out there? Because he's capable, and a lot of people will say at this point he might be an extra tight end more than a receiver anyway. Uh, but I guess the Eagles wanted the speed on the field to at least threaten um, the Jets' defense and say, well, maybe he can run by us. And if he runs by us, maybe they'll throw it to him and maybe he'll catch it. That is that is my summation of, of, of what 
why they want the way they did. But I do agree with the part that I don't want Devontae Smith doing that. So if I'm 13 on the and, – and previously, by the way, when they played more 13 than they normally do, it was Quez Watkins on the field. Um, and this time it was Jalen. But the one guy they don't want on the field, and they shouldn't, and they're probably never going to have him on the field in 13 is Devontae. And here's, again, not, not a request, just a suggestion while you're watching your All-22, John, that I think could be advantageous. Why, why do I get blamed? The, why do the, I get blamed I'm for not coaching? Blaming, uh, John, I'm asking for your help. I'm not blaming <laughs> you at all. I'm asking you for your help. The Eagles ran 71 offensive plays on Sunday. Um, Jordan Mailata was in for 71 snaps. That means... The Eagles had 71 offensive snaps because you know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You would not run a play without Jordan Mailata. Um Jalen, excuse me, Devontae Smith was on the field for 44 of those 71 snaps. So he was off the field for 27 snaps. Just give me a guesstimate. Out of those 27, how many times do you think the Eagles ran the ball? Um, A lot in the second half, probably not as much in the first half, but that's good. We're going to have Dama. Dama's a big, he'll he'll have that broken down already. We'll be able to get the exact uh, personnel groupings um, and what they ran out of it. Um, uh, So it's good that we have Dama on today. But um, I I would imagine certainly more in the second half than the first half. But, uh, you know, they, they went run heavy. And they should have in the right. second half. But I'm going to guess that out of those 27 plays, they ran the ball at least 26 times. That there might have been one play where they actually passed the ball with Devonta Smith off the field. So I'd say that's a pretty good tell. Now, are the Jets smart enough, or even if they know it's coming good enough, to be able to grab and garner an advantage? Maybe not. But other teams with better defenses know, by the way, all of a sudden the Washington defense has gotten good again. I'm, I know you've noticed, John, but I don't know if anybody else has noticed. Yeah. They lost their two stud pass rushing defensive ends, and all they've done is get better at defense since. What we thought was going to be one of the better defenses in football started the season as a bottom five defense in football. Now they're playing themselves back up into the top half. Son, some of their most talented players. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's Ron Rivera for you. No one should be surprised that Washington defense has gotten good again. If you do something like tip your hand 
the way that I think the evaluation of those plays with Devontae Smith off the field uh, actually play themselves out. Washington will take advantage of it against you. Um, I agree. Well, number one, it's a, obviously it's a much, much better defense than the Jets, and that's you know part of the reason. And you're right. You lose Chase Young and Montez Sweat, and you say, uh, that's going to be an issue. And all of a sudden, uh, they're getting better and better and better because they have, you know, they have a good secondary, uh, number one, so that helps. Uh, and Jonathan Allen's having, you know, a great year. Um, uh, you know, our old friend, uh, 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 Deron Payne and, and those guys are still there. They had at one point, they had four first round picks, obviously five when Ryan Kerrigan was there, uh, on the defensive line. So they were obviously tremendously talented, uh, in, in losing those guys hurt. But when Allen, Allen's in the defensive player of the year conversation, that's how good he's been. He's not going to win it because he's more of an interior guy and, and they just don't get the love, but he should be in the conversation. That's how much he's dominated. Um, and he's the key to it all. It's strength versus strength. Obviously the Eagles have a great offensive line. So yeah, it's a lot different, but from the New York jets, but when you, and again, I go back to Belichick, and this just happens to be perfect timing because of the game last night. They wanted to run the ball. They weren't hiding it. And I think the bigger part of the the narrative of why is Jalen Rager uh, playing more than Devontae Smith, in the second half of that game, the Eagles wanted to run the ball. They weren't hiding that fact. And they don't want a 166-pound kid trying to set the edge. So they didn't put him on the field. I don't have a problem with it. I think it's the right decision. I don't want him on the field. I, 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 you know, I don't want him setting the edge. If you're not going to throw the ball, I don't want him on the field. He might get hurt trying to set the edge at 166 pounds. I actually agree with it. But I'd rather see JJ Ortega Whiteside. If you're going to go, that, yeah. Hello, that, Jets. We're running the football on this that, play. I think it's the better we conversation. Don't care that you know that we're running the football on this play. We're going to run the football on this play. If you're going to be as Obvious is that we'll put the best blocker out there. Put JJ Arcega one time that, out there. And not that's why I said that's the better question. Why isn't JJ on the field? Uh, that's the better question. The only the only thing I can come up there is, you know, again, they wanted to speed on the field just in case, you know, maybe they're gonna go play action. We gotta pay attention to this guy because he can run. That's that's the only thing I can. If the up. breakdown comes back twenty six out of twenty seven plays when Devonta Smith is off the field, then the who we might possibly throw because Jalen Rager is out there didn't actually work. If if twenty six out of twenty seven they ran the football, sorry your your attempt at trying to deceive the defense uh, didn't kick home for me. All right, we got to take a timeout. Uh, yes, John McMullen, Jody McDonald, Paul Dunwich going to join us in less than fifteen minutes. Here on Birds 365. 
At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. Glasses for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Yo, okay, but is the rip... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero carbs, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Mesa & Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Mac and Mac guys here on Birds 365. We are in the midst of the bye week. Eagles get some downtime after their win against the Jets before they get to the tail end the most important segment of their schedule all divisional final four games including the washington football team twice first game 12 days from now uh johnny mac i do want to get your reaction to this or your take on this uh i got a couple of tweets when it became known that gardner Minshew was going to be the starting quarterback for the eagles that people were asking me hey are the eagles doing what john mcmullen suggested that if it's a 50-50 toss-up, whether uh, Jalen Hurts can or can't play, that they would choose Gardner Minshew for the purpose of evaluating their own offense and what they could do with someone other than Jalen Hurts running the show. Because Nick Sirianni has certain plays, certain philosophies, certain way he does things, which work best because Jalen Hurts is the quarterback, which is exactly what we should be doing as head coach of the team, um, that he may be able to do some things differently. And shoot, he came out and explained to us what he did differently because of Gardner Minshew and changes he had to make because there are certain things that Gardner Minshew can't do that Jalen Hurts can do. 
Um, and you you threw that into the mix last week as a potential for the Eagles to react. I responded to the, all of them in kind. I said, here's why I think it has nothing to do with what Johnny Mack said. Jalen Hurts was inactive. If Jalen Hurts had been the backup quarterback, then I would have to say, damn, maybe Johnny Mack was on to something. Maybe they really do want to take this evaluative stance to a new level to see what the offense looks like without Jalen Hurts. I would have bought into it. When I found out that Jalen Hurts wasn't even active for the game, that a game that they needed to win badly could have landed in the hands of Reed Sinet, I said, no, he's actually hurt. This wasn't the decision that they made to try and determine what their offense looked like with somebody else other than Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts was hurt. My question to you is, does that scare you a little bit? That maybe hurts his ankle twisting, could be a high ankle sprain, and those things can go for a while. The, the fact that they didn't even risk him as the emergency backup. A couple of weeks ago, I remember Taysom Hill was activated against the Eagles, and he said, well, he can't really play, but he's going to be a backup quarterback just in case. And he didn't have to get in. They, they suffered through Trevor Simeon and interception after interception. Um, does that scare you a little bit that they didn't even activate Hertz on Sunday? Uh, a little bit, yeah. And, uh, it, you know, I'd like to take credit for that, but, uh, you know, what people were saying. But that's, that's I, I think, you know, the unintended consequence. What I said, Jalen Hurts was never going to dress. If Jalen Hurts dressed, he was going to play. There was no circumstance where the Eagles were going to he dress was going to be the him backup. You think the there was no chance he was going to zero, be the backup? Absolutely okay. zero chance at at some point. My my thought process was if it's 50-50, it's legit 50-50. Um, can he go? Can he not go? The Eagles might err on the side of caution to see what the offense looks like. I don't think that's what they did. I think it's an unintended consequence, a positive unintended consequence that they got to see it. Um, uh, but he was never going to be the backup. That 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 was never going to happen. So, um, you know, you can only take Nick Sirianni at his word. And I can tell you both in front of, of the camera, behind the camera, you know, it was about his health. That was all it was about. Uh, as far as why Jalen Hurts sit, but sat, you also gathered information on the offense with a different type of quarterback, and it ran very effectively. Now, a lot of context to that, one being the opponent, as you know, Jody, and you brought up, it's not a very good defense, certainly in the secondary. Specifically their secondary, yes. Yeah, Marcus Mays out, their best uh, secondary player. Um, Elijah Riley was on the Eagles practice squad a couple of weeks ago. He's starting for the Jets. And, and oh, by the way, just my own evaluative. Uh, and again, I rewatched the game. I don't have uh, all 22 coach. Elijah Riley was their best secondary player. <laughs> Not close. He was their best guy who they picked up off the Eagles scrap heap. Yeah. Does that tell you enough about the Jets secondary? Yeah. I'm, I'm it's not good. Uh, you know, but you know, I looked more to Robert Sala than Nick Sirianni because obviously Robert is a defensive guy, came from the Seattle system, the cover three system. You know, we went with Gus Bradley, the Jacksonville, then he was San Francisco, and then he 
got the Jets job. And, you know, he said uh, we knew Minshew was going to be a little bit more intermediate check down where Jalen would run. We knew Minshew would hand the ball off uh, or be more RPO-ish when that happens, if you will, from a pass game standpoint where Jalen would tuck it and run. We knew that Minshew would try to buy time and, he just sat behind that offensive line, did a good job buying time and but finding open receivers. Um, they were a different offense. It was instead of run centric, it was pass centric in the first half. Then they got the lead. Then they just ran the ball. Right. Um, what you learned is about positive, by the way, about Nick Sirianni's offense. Because a lot of people would say this offense stinks. These play calls stink. And you know, Jody, I always tell you, nobody judges play calls. They judge play results. results sure. Well, you saw when the ball comes out quickly, hey, there's some guys open. There's some, you know, dump offs. You know, if something isn't working, you could dump it off to Kenny Gainwell. Kenny Gainwell is is a good receiver as a running back. 18 out of 18, I brought it up, the, the, the targets of Dallas Goddard, uh, Quez Watkins, Kenny Gainwell. Uh, even Jalen Rager got in that mix. 18 of 18. The only player who was targeted uh, where where Gardner Minshew wasn't successful was Devontae Smith because it was more downfield, but he gave him an opportunity on that 50-50 ball even. And and receivers loved that. Give him the opportunity. Uh, Didn't come down with it. Um, you, You know, the offense can run. If you get the ball out on time consistently, that's not a Jalen Hurts' strength. So you're, it's a give and take with these two particular quarterbacks, as Robert Sala explained, because he doesn't have – he doesn't have to protect anybody. He's telling you the truth. He's telling you what the offense is with Jalen Hurts, what the offense is with Gardner Minshew. Uh, but Jalen's more explosive. He's got more ability – um, but you would like to see quicker processing speed. You would like to see the ball out of his hand quickly when and get to the design receiver a little bit more. These are all constructive criticisms that have nothing to do with some of the things you were saying early, Jody, that I don't even want to bring up. And here's uh, where I give Minshew credit. And I don't – most football fans know, but some of the just casual fans – uh, talk about it as if it's something different. The screen game, the swing game, the getting the ball in the air to a running back is a talent. It isn't just oh, you just dump it off. And I think some football fans are, just dump it to just dump it. In. It's a guarantee to be a complete. It's only going to get us three, four yards. But just uh, when everything breaks, just dump it to the back. It's not that easy. There is a talent to be able to throw the ball to the running back. And to Gardner Minshew's credit, he hasn't played at all this year, and he was seamless at it the other day. All the quote-unquote dump-off passes, the sometimes I think even number one option throws to running backs if that's what they're setting up for. He performed that pretty damn well. I got to give him credit because that's a timing thing. That's a feel thing. And to just come off the bench cold without having played all year out without having played all year, 
to be as good at it as he was throwing through his backs last week was pretty impressive for Gardner. Yeah, I mean, past couple of weeks since the Eagles, since Las Vegas, that was the demarcation line where the Eagles offense kind of changed from what it was early in the season to what it is, uh, what it was later in the season with Jalen Hurts. Um, you know, Kenny Gainwell had largely gone missing over the past number of weeks. Um, wasn't even active uh, until the injury to Jordan Howard in Boston Scott's illness. Uh, the week prior against the Giants wasn't even active. All of a sudden, he's a big part of the offense again. Quez Watkins had gone, you know, where was Quez Watkins? All of a sudden, he's back involved. Um, Miles Sanders as a receiver, involved. Hadn't been involved at all as a receiver we're not lying to you. There, there yeah, was a difference. Gardner, Gardner should get credit for that. Uh, because More does. importantly, Robert Sal is not lying to you. He clearly explained uh, the differences. But he clearly couldn't do anything no, about it. Have, well, he doesn't have the person. It's nice to know about it after the fact. It's even better to know it before the fact. And it's even better if you can actually create a defense that can stop it. That's yeah. kind of your job, well, Robert. You need, it's you nice need that personnel. you figured it out, but you could really earn your money by being able to well, stop the my other only, people. Well, my it. only point, Jody, is is it, he doesn't have to protect the Eagles players, so he can tell the truth. Obviously, Nick has to couch things in a way, whereas the opposition coach can tell you uh, about that team. Now, He's got a couch stuff with his team, which stinks. And he doesn't have the personnel, which is essentially what I'm saying. I knew what was coming. I don't have the players to no, deal with just, it. That's yeah, what Robert Salah was we saying. we could do about it. Yeah. All right. Uh, we know it's coming up here on Birds 365. McMullen and McDonald talking to our buddy, Paul Domwich. He's next on Birds 365. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. Glasses for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rim... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears Field of Life. 
First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. You got your Mac and Mac guys here with you on Birds 365, and we are joined by another astute observer. Well, at least we got two astute observers. That'd be Damo and Johnny Mac. Me, I'm just kind of long for the ride. Uh, he's <laughs> doing work these spot. days for Philly Mag. He did it forever for the Inquirer. Good to get Paul Domowich involved with us. Damo, how much did you enjoy the Eagle game on Sunday? <laughs> I couldn't. It seemed like it lasted forever. That was what... <laughs> I mean, well, that third quarter drive, Domo, they took like nine minutes off. Yeah. I looked up. I was like, oh, I better start writing now. Your um, Jets are so bad, Jody. It's just pathetic. <laughs> and the secondary, they stink on ice. It's At just... least they have the fourth and – right now, the fourth and fifth picks in the draft next year. Although, I, Joe Douglas is going to screw that up. So, Oh, wow. shot on goal score. Uh, and as I just mentioned to John, if you weren't listening, in watching that game, and I watched it live there and drove home, and I watched it again last night, Elijah Riley is their second-best defender. The Eagles couldn't get him onto the roster. That He couldn't break their roster, and the Jets not only pick him up, they plug him in, and he's their best defender in the secondary. That kind of tells you what uh, Gardner Minshew was working against on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of Gardner, Damo, uh, did you learn about anything about Nick Sirianni's offense with the the move to Gardner Minshew, which isn't about Jalen Hurts' uh, uh, ineffectiveness, but I do think it's an unintend- unintended consequence and a positive one that you got to see what Nick Sirianni wants to do with a guy who's going to process maybe a little bit more quickly and get the football out of his hand on time. Is that fair? Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what Gardner did was, you know, especially early on, you saw him get the ball out quickly, whether it was to uh, the running backs, whether it was to, to Goddard. Uh, but I mean, you know, and he was using the middle of the field, things that, you know, I don't know how much of it they changed, how much of it's just, uh, you know, Minshew does it better than, you know, than Jalen right now. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, Jalen's, I, th- I think I saw last week he's, he's, his average uh, as far as holding on to the ball is like the fourth highest in the league right now. It's like 3.2 seconds. So that's a hard number to gauge sometimes because of the fact that he he holds on to a you know, that, that it takes into effect when he extends plays. But, yeah, uh, so I think that tape of that game is going to help Jalen in that he's going to see some things he needs to do 
including processing things uh, much quicker. All right. Uh, John told me before we punch you up that you're uh, the perfect guy for that because you love to do the analysis of snap counts and uh, what plays come off snap counts and the like. Uh, yesterday, Devontae Smith was the third most active Eagle wide receiver that Watkins and Rager were both on the field more offer, often than Devonta Smith. That doesn't seem to make any sense to me, except when asked about it, Nick Sirianni said, yes, well, we were in 13 personnel a lot. Does 13 personnel equate to, yeah, we're running the football and we're advertising we're running the football in advance and we want to get Devontae Smith off the field because he's 166 pounds? Is that what 13 personnel means? You know, I guess, uh, I mean, Devonta can block uh, okay, so it's not like you don't want to put him on the field with 13. Uh, you know, I have a feeling that, that I mean, if uh, Jalen, they, they can't acknowledge right now that Jalen Rager's a bust because I don't think he, he is, and they need to get his confidence back up. I mean, hold so, on, let me, I, I just, I, hold on, hold on. I need you to repeat that. Jalen, you do not think Jalen Rager is a bust. Well, I mean, they in the they've got to find a way to use him uh, because you don't take a kid in the first round and a year later acknowledge that. So uh, they've and and the only way to do that is to get him on the field right now and and somehow find something positive that he can do to contribute to this offense. Because going forward, I mean, they can't win with just Goddard and Devonta Smith. I mean, somebody else has to catch the ball. Uh, you know, when I say he's not a bust, I mean, yeah, you, John knows my feelings clearly on where, what, what, on, on, on the, on the abomination of not taking Justin Jefferson over this kid. But, and, 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 you know, he made so many mistakes the other day on returns and everything else. But yeah, I still think they got to figure out a way to use him. Well, Jefferson only had about 180 down <laughs> this week. Um, but hey, they lost. They lost to a winless team. So, yeah. Uh, it's all relative, but I do think, and I, I gave Jody the Patriots last night, obviously were, were pretty run heavy for obvious reasons. And they were using, uh, Harry, who was a former first round pick in that 13 personnel look to just seal the edge. And my estimation there was Devante. Devante, you're right, Tom, was a good blocker. He's a good yeah. blocker down. I think it surprises people, but to be fair to Nick, I don't want a 166-pound kid on the field just trying to seal the edge. If I'm not going to use him as a receiver, I don't want him out there if I'm just going to run the ball. Is that uh, crazy? Because I kind of agree with him in that aspect. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're seeing the same thing with J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. I mean, he's kind of become a quasi-tight end. That's why he's seeing so many snaps, because he can block on a lot of those formations they use where they, you know, so – uh, yeah. Uh, although, you know, I, I made the point last week, I think in my, in my column for Philly mag, John, that he doesn't even try. I mean, when they go to 13 and 12, you know, Doug Peterson used to throw a lot out of it. I mean, mix it up. Yeah. yeah. But Nick doesn't even hide the, and he says, we're not going to, you know, they go to 12 and 13. <laughs> it's pretty much, okay, we're going to, we're going to run the ball. And, and and I would say that's really stupid, except that it seems to be working just fine. So yeah, I don't yeah. know what to make of that. Uh, but you know, maybe they're saving it for the you know for these games against Washington. I mean, you got to believe there's stuff in in their offensive playbook 
that they're waiting for the right time to use and and maybe throwing out a 12 and 13 will come up in the next, you know, after the buy. I don't know. The only, Jody, way, you get away, the only I... way you get away with that is if you have a superior offensive line. And right now their offensive line yeah. is playing superior football. Otherwise Absolutely. you are dumb to do something like that. Yeah. But if you can be that good and tip what you're going to do ahead of time and still out execute the other team, you're going to have success with it. And that's yeah. what they uh, did uh, on Sunday against the poorest Jets defense. All right, Damo, uh, Boston Scott only played three snaps the other day, one of which I thought he got away with a blatant pick play on a touchdown pass to Dallas Goddard. I'm sure you've seen the replay by now. Eagles get the benefit of the non-call there? Yeah. Uh, you know, I made the point on Twitter – I mean, it's it's very seldom that a team goes on the road and gets as many favorable calls as they got in that game, and they got a lot of them. Uh, I don't know; it'll happen again in our in our lifetime, but it, it happened <laughs> Sunday. They didn't really need it against the against the Jets, but uh, yeah, I mean, there were a lot of calls that went in the Eagles' favor. As far as Bo- I don't know why Boston didn't play more. I guess a lot of it had to do with the illness he was coming off of. Yeah, you know, he, he didn't practice all week, so he was yeah. You know, there's some some guys that I, I I'm confused on why they don't get. I mean, Greg Ward is a classic example. I mean, I, he didn't even play on a snap on, and he hasn't gotten. I think he's gotten targeted once that that diving drop in the end zone the other day. But yeah, here's a guy that I thought would would play a key role this year with Jalen because he's so good as a zone receiver, and teams have to play zone against Jalen because they can't turn their backs on him in man because he'll run on him. So I thought, well, this kid's going to really clean up. And turns out the only thing he's cleaning up is whatever they have him doing on the sideline. So, <laughs> um, I I do want to bring up because Jody, and I'm going to give Jody the credit to this. It, it's been, we know this city and backup quarterbacks and it's history, history, no controversy this week, generally, even with the fan base. I mean, Nick's been pretty clear, Jalen Hurts, the starter so maybe he cut off some of that at the pass but Jody as he often does brings up interesting hypotheticals and he brought up the fact that you're playing the Washington football team after the bye you're you're you have Jalen Hurts back at quarterback and you're really struggling in the first half Um, and they've had those halves Damo think about Carolina where they were terrible in the first half and he was able to come back and make enough plays they got big plays on special teams defense win the football game that this these games against Washington are going to tell the tale of this team in the playoffs if you're down nine to three against Washington and you've thrown for 25 yards you want to make the playoffs? You want to try to go Gardner Minshew, or do you stick with Jalen Hurts? I think you make the change. I mean, I think the way they're looking at it right now. I mean, they've got they've they've kind of got two competing interests here. They need to find out about Jalen by the end of this year, uh, but I don't know that that's going to necessarily happen. Uh, and they also are still in a situation here with four games left, where they're still a playoff contender to a certain degree. So you know, like you said, what do you do next? after the buy if, if they're in a game and, and you, you know, Jalen's just really ineffective. Um, I think it would, I think he would have to really be playing poorly uh, because I don't think they want to do that. Uh, and I don't necessarily think it would mean the following week that it would be Gardner's job, regardless of what would have happened. 
Because I mean, because I mean, they need to find out. I mean, overriding the playoffs this year is finding out about Hertz, and I still can see a, 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 a this going to the point where they get to the end of the season and they go, "Geez, we still don't really know," <laughs> and they go into next uh, summer with the two of them competing for the job. If Jalen doesn't prove he's uh, the absolute starter, you know, I'm, I'm I don't think there's a quarterback in this draft they're gonna they're gonna go out on a limb for. Um, I don't know how many veteran quarterbacks are going to be available that they're going to be willing to, you know, trade some of those first round picks for, uh, you know, everybody keeps mentioning Russell Wilson. Well, I don't see Seattle dra- uh, trading him. I don't, Aaron Rodgers, what do you, you know, this has never been a team that's go for it one year. I mean, they're a sustainability team. They want to build and stay good and hope you win somewhere along the way. Um, so, you know, I it would I could see this happening. I mean, we get to the end of the season, they still don't know. We go through the entire offseason and, and and get ready for next summer, and they say, okay, we're throwing this starting job up for grabs. Best man win. Let me uh, double down on the question John put to you that I uh, posted uh, posed earlier about or yesterday about the Eagles trailing in half and uh, the quarterback not playing well. The stats are what the stats are below fifty percent. Doesn't have a touchdown pass, blah, 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 maybe even an INT. Would Nick Sirianni lean on a player like, I don't know, maybe Jason Kelsey to help if he's sitting on the fence about whether he should make a change at halftime as they're walking off the field, trailing Washington 10 3? Would he lean on a Jason Kelsey and go, Yo, Jace, is Jalen got a chance to turn this around? Do you think maybe we should go to Gardner here? Do you think he would solicit someone else's opinion with as big a decision as that? Not a player, I don't think, Jody. I, I think he would already kind of have a sense of what the, the players think without going to a, 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 a somebody like Jason or Goddard or somebody and asking them. Uh, I think he would kind of get the vibe just by seeing their reaction to him if he were struggling. He might go to an assistant coach that he, you know, he might go to Steichen or, or Brian Johnson or somebody like that. But I, I couldn't see him doing it with a player. And, and I think it would mainly be his decision. Um, I think he would, he, he might even bring in Jalen into the conversation, you know, and say, Hey, you know, you're really struggling right now and we got to win this game. I, you know, I hate to do this, but we're going to make the switch. What do you, you know, and, and ask for his opinion. Jalen, who's been through this before, yeah. I'd say, I understand. I mean, this is not Carson Wentz. This is not, you know, you got to watch what you do. I mean, this kid's been through the ringer as far as being benched, and he knows that nothing is guaranteed to him even right now. Uh, he's playing game to game. He's, he says it every week about, you know, the rent due and all that. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't think uh, – getting back to your point, Jody, I don't think he'd have to ask Jason. I think he would have a sense of what Kelsey felt, uh, and, but I think it would be his decision. You know, it was interesting you bring up Goddard there as well, Tom. Goddard was the one guy after the game who said, eh, we'll, we'll go with who, whatever they decide. He was the one who said, I don't know if that had to do with six for six targets. <laughs> um, but, you know, Miles Sanders got involved in the passing game. Kenny Gainwell had gone away, got involved in the passing game significantly. Quez Watkins had gone away, got involved in the passing game. Uh, pretty consistently. We know Nick Sirianni. We know what he wants to do. That's 11 personnel. He wants to throw the football. Um, so that becomes sort of uh, um, 
a tonic for what, you know, kind of gets them a little loopy, so to speak, maybe a drink or two, say, look at this success throwing the football, or does he know, look, this offensive line is great. 185 yards, we talk about the passing. They didn't get to 200 without the 60 yards from the quarterback, but 185 is pretty stinking good as well. Yeah, and two things there. Uh, you know, one, you know, they were playing the Jets, and so <laughs> you know, they have to hedge everything uh, about yeah, that's true. performance that's true. with that. I mean, you know, you can go back to Jacksonville and look at some games where Gardner looked far worse than Jalen's ever looked. Uh, secondly, I mean, you can't underscore the importance of Jalen's running, uh, even when he's struggling as a passer, um, you know, he could carry them against Washington. So, you know, that goes into whether you would be willing to, to, to put him on the bench, uh, you know, especially if they're, I don't know if they you know, I mean, it would depend on the circumstances of the game, but yeah, I mean, <sighs> I don't think they're going to be quick to do that. Cause like I said, going back to the original point, they got to find out about Jalen and they would have to absolutely believe next uh, in two weeks that we can't win this game with Jalen and we got to make a change. Hi, Dama. Let me run this one by you. I was listening to WIP yesterday and a caller called in and said, no running quarterback has ever won the Super Bowl." And immediately Steve Young came to mind and I said, well, see, I would consider him a running quarterback, and he won a Super Bowl. So I disagreed with his premise. But I guess it all comes down to how you define what is and what isn't a running quarterback. Yeah. Paul Dunwich, astute football observer, Hall of Fame voter. How would you define a running quarterback? Well, you're right. Uh, Young found the uh, – and Young knew the – he learned as as he played – to find that middle ground between running and throwing. Cause I don't, you know, you Jalen hurts cannot have 18 carry games uh, very often. I mean, that's just not going to work. It's not working with Lamar. I mean, some you're going to get hurt. Um, so he needs to find middle ground, which is why he needs to improve as a passer. Um, but I, I disagree with the concept that, you know, what, what has happened in the past is not necessarily what happens now. I mean, the game has changed. Um, uh, you know, I mean, just look at the completion percentages because of the screens that people throw now. Uh, you know, it's it's just it's not it's not the same as it was back in the day when when you might have had better quarterbacks, but they were only completing 55 percent of their passes. So and, and you, you look around the league now, Justin Herbert. I mean, you got I can name 15 quarterbacks that can run. Do they run as much or as as well as Jalen or Lamar Jackson? No, but they run and they're capable of picking up a first down. If you if you you know if they want to use a design player where they scramble on third and six, um, so you can I think you can win with a running quarterback. There there are no I mean drop back quarterbacks are, are dinosaurs right now. There there aren't even very many except for the older guys. Wait, like, what are you talking about? Mac Jones went two for three last night. Well, there's, yeah. there's tremendous there's, effort, the winning effort for the Patriots. Yeah, Mac Jones is the exception <laughs> rather than the rule. These to the younger quarterbacks. True. Tom Brady, a pretty good exception too at this point. Yeah, but, no, you know, he's the outlier. Yeah, yeah, he's the outlier of everything. But you're yeah. right. I mean, that's the way the game is going, Tom. Speaking of the way the game is going, we got into this conversation. It's the bye week for the Eagles. A very late bye week. Nick Sirianni is, uh, you know, giving his coaches 
a little bit of time off, which surprises me. And I went back to our buddy Dick Vermeil because I think he's at the crux of this. You would know better than me, but Dick was the first guy where I heard he's sleeping in his office. He works constantly. He did this, and it became a badge of honor for coaches around this league to to wear their work ethic on their sleeve and how much they work. Where, where are you on that as far as, you know, letting the guys have a life? There's been a lot of, you know, personal issues with coaches because of how much they work. Balance, can that be a good thing uh, with the coaching staff? Absolutely. I mean, John and Jody, we saw where sleeping in his office got Dick. I mean, it got him to the Super Bowl. It also got him uh, to burnout. I mean, he had to re- quit uh, in after the 82 season because of the fact that he just burned himself out and spent another 16 years in retirement before he came back. So, you know, I don't, that that's not, I, I've never understood why that's even necessary to do that, uh, to, to work 16 hours. I mean, you, you cannot, you know, I've been around enough coaches, including Andy Reed, who convinced me that you can get the job done in 12 hours a day. And you, you can even, you know, depending on where your, your, your house is, you, you can have breakfast with your, you know, come in early, go, go back to go back home for breakfast with your family. And, and, you know, granted, you know, there's other, Andy had other problems with his family, but yeah, well, I mean, I, I've found that, you know, coaches that, that have told me that you can do, you know, you've got to get some balance. That's the best way to go. And, and I, uh, you know, I admired Nick for, Deciding that's the approach because I think it keeps your staff fresh, especially with a 17 game season now uh, and, and, and a year, you know, this thing's year round now. This isn't the old days uh, where, you know, after the season ended, uh, everybody got a lot of time off. So uh, I think he's I think he's doing the right thing. Damo, I'm tapping into your years of expertise, too. Uh, it's the Eagle bye week. Uh, downtime for the coaches. We know downtime for the players. Most importantly is heal-up time. That those who have some kind of nick, some kind of physical issue, some kind of injury, that just doing nothing for 11, day 12, whatever it is, is going to be advantageous. How much is the mental recharge? How much the guys that you've talked to said when they came back after the buy, I just got my head straight. I got away from it. It gave me the ability to refocus once I turned it off. I could turn it back on. How much do they actually benefit mentally from the in-season buy? I think it's very important, especially when you consider that this is a, a buy so late in the in the season. I mean, a lot of these young players, rookies, uh, who you know they're not. I mean, they're, you know, we've all heard about the rookie wall. And, uh, you know, usually the buy kind of helps soften that, you know, this, this one's coming so late, uh, this, this bye week that they really need it. And, uh, I think it'll, I think it'll help a lot of these players, especially the younger ones and the spe- and guy, well, certainly it's going to help guys like Kelsey and, and, uh, Miles Sanders and guys that are hurt. You, you would hope they, you know, they're refreshed physically. Uh, you know, the biggest concern for a coach during a bye week, uh, obviously is, you know, your guy's getting in trouble. Somebody that's somebody, somebody that's an important part of your team yeah, and do something always. stupid. I mean, as we, uh, you know, as John, you guys both remember the going back to, to Niles Bradham. Uh, uh, Bradham in the, Nigel's uh, in trouble again, by the way, Tama. Again? He's, yeah. He got what caught. Do do? 
He got caught with a lot of weed in his car oh, really? about a week, a week and a half ago. And a gun, of course. <laughs> oh. Remember the uh, famous uh, Jim Schwartz uh, quote? Oh, yeah. About yeah the was... You keep doing dumb things, people are going <laughs> to think you're dumb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nigel, uh, by the way, there's a uh, there's our, our friend uh, Chris Franklin, I believe, NJ.com got the dash cam video of Nigel getting uh, pulled over. And he was explaining to the cop, he was very uh, uh, affable and he's explaining he had some bad uh, stock choices. So he had to make some money. <laughs> so not the best, uh, but Nigel's a good guy. It's sad because you know, Dama, he was, but yeah, he made, he's made too many dumb decisions, but yeah. um uh, 33rd team, I want to mention that with Tombo as well, with Joe Banner, Mike Tannenbaum, and those guys. Billy Mag with me, Eagles Report, is by the numbers every Friday. Uh, I, I do want to, last one for me, I do want to say that, um, go back to this coaching staff, because it is the bye week. And when you go back to Nick's introductory press conference, which made headlines, a lot of bad headlines, um, to now, Pleasantly surprised by the staff as a whole. Uh, where do you think they are in their uh, sort of adjustment to the NFL? Very young coaching staff. Yeah. You know, I have. It, what's impressed me the most has been their willingness to make changes when they realize that maybe what they're doing is not the right course. I mean, we, we've obviously seen it with Nick and Steichen with the, uh, with the reversal and uh, towards the running game. I mean, they've gone. I don't know that you can do this long term. Go, you know, but with this offensive line, like Jody said earlier, got an offensive line like this. Just, just feed them. And so I guess you can run the ball forty times every week and beat just about anybody if if your defense is keeping the numbers down. Uh, and and defensively, Jonathan Gannon's made. You know, he's he's acknowledged. Yeah, you know, he he clearly found out that Ben, but don't break uh, wasn't quite working and has been more aggressive. You know, I'm sure some of his players feel he needs to continue to be more aggressive. But so the fact that they've learned from their mistakes or or learned from things that weren't working, uh, I think is a is a plus. Uh, you know, I I didn't have a big problem with the fact that you know, I knew when they put the staff together, you could clearly see their their attitude and Jeffrey Lurie's attitude was, yeah, I know we're not doing the Andy Reid thing like in '99, where where he brought in veteran offensive and defensive coordinators. And then, you know, the rest of the guys were young. I think he just said, you know, okay, you put together what you think is a good young staff and, you know, we'll acknowledge you're probably going to make some, you know, there's going to be some bumps in the road early on, but everybody's going to grow together. And that seems to be right now what's happening. All right. So I agree with you, Domo, that it has for a young staff proven it has been able to get over one of the toughest hurdles which is evaluate on the fly and be able to adjust and change, except for Jalen Rager, who you tell me they just have to keep going out there because <laughs> they got to justify the second round pick, and it doesn't matter how badly. Uh, 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 I didn't uh, say sir. I, don't, I mean, justify indicates that they're just doing it for optics. I mean, I think they, they're in a situation. No, justify where, in their own mind is what I meant to say. They get a better receiver. I mean, Watkins is a is a once every, you know, he's not going to be a a, a quantity no. guy. I mean, he's not going to catch. You know, he's a guy that's going to beat somebody deep once a game. You know, or at least you hope they got to find somebody else besides a wide receiver besides uh, 
Devonta that can catch the ball regularly and get open. So that's why I, I feel they can't just throw away uh, Jalen Rager right now. Fair enough. Um, they will be playing the Washington football team twice in the next three games. Right now, Washington's six and six. The Eagles are six and seven. Washington's got Dallas this week. If they should lose that game, they'll come into the last uh, two, two out of the last three games, dead even with the Redskins, six and seven, six and seven. The Redskins have won four in a row in the season. They would have won, they won, they won four in a row now, but that go by the wayside if they lose the Cowboys. But they also lost four in a row. The Eagles have been more of an up and down, be able to bounce back from a bad loss, put together a good win. Two different types of teams, two different types of seasons, but with the same potential exact results coming into the first matchup, six and seven against six and seven. Who's got the better roster? You know, it, it might be a dead heat. I mean, I just don't think, I mean, this is my opinion. I don't think they can, they can sweep Washington. They're going to lose one of these games. I think both of them will be close. Um, you know, Washington has a defense that can they can stop these guys. I mean, they've stopped a lot of teams this year. I mean, they're not, they don't have any great players. I mean, you look at their roster, you're not really impressed. Uh, you, you know, Taylor Heineke. I mean, he's Gardner Minshew in in without a mustache. Yeah, <laughs> without the personality. Yeah. Uh, so you know, they, they they've got some you know good receivers, good running back. But they're not going to. Jonathan score. Allen's having a big year, Tom. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, 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 their defense stops people when it has to. I mean, two seventeen fifteen wins the last two weeks. Um, you know, one against the Raiders that can put some points up on the board. But you know, since they since Rugs got released, they really you know can't throw the deep ball. But yeah, so one you know, I just you know when they lost to the Giants, I I thought to myself that there go the playoffs because. I do not think they can sweep both games against Washington. And if they only win one, I, I think that's going to be enough to keep them out of the playoffs. So, uh, I mean, I, I wasn't holding out. I, I didn't think it was a big part of this season. I mean, I thought the finding out about Jalen Hurts was a much more significant aspect of this season rather than making the playoffs because they're not, even if they make it, they're not going very far. But, um, Anyway, I don't think they're going to sweep uh, Washington. All right, but let me uh, throw one more uh, past you, Damo, and John, please answer this as well. No, it's a long shot either way. Which one is more feasible? The Eagles go 4-0 and or the Eagles go 0-4? Oh. Well, I'll let Damo answer. I got I mean, I'll say, that one. I'll say 4-0 and because there's no way they go 0-4. But I don't see, you know, so four and zero is slightly more. Feasible, yeah, but uh, that's. I'm going to go that way as well. Four and zero, I'm giving a two percent chance. Zero and four, I'm giving a one percent right. chance. I, I mean, neither. Uh, right. But both, both are very unlikely. But yeah, one's I mean, got to be more than the other, and I'm with both you guys. I think they have a better right. chance to go four and zero than zero and four. And we may get to that fourth game, and that Dallas has no reason to start. Yeah, it. exactly. So, uh, That's you, what that uh, probably ships it the one percent. Yeah. yeah, Dallas might not have to play in week 18. Damo, point, we'd be Tom. out of time. Always a pleasure, bud. We appreciate you hopping on board. You know, we'll get you back on in a couple of weeks. Enjoy your bye week. Thank you. You too. You guys have fun. Thanks, Tom. Looks it's like good. you're already at the beach, huh? Yeah, always. <laughs> Every day. It's an amazing thing. John and I had separate beaches while yeah. doing the show. Tremendous. I think he's Paul Domwich. He's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. It was happy threesome here. We'll come back. We'll use a twosome to put a bow on the show.
At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. Glasses for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rim... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero carbs, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder. And it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messa & Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. All right, running out of time on a Tuesday edition of Bird 365. Uh, we got three more shows to go this week before we ever get back into a game week situation. Bye week for the Eagles, taking advantage of downtime to recharge both physically and mentally. Um, both Damo and Johnny Mack gave uh, their answers to which is more likely the birds going 4-0 or, or going 0-4. Johnny Mack said about 2% chance they go 4-0. I'm going 5% chance. I, I have a little bit more faith that they can do that to go uh, 4-0. Now, I have a specific plan to get that 5% to 6%, and it would be what the coaches do between 1 and 4 o'clock on Sunday, <laughs> but that's just, that's just me. They're like a dog with a bone. With John that. McMullen, will you perchance offer to get together on Sunday afternoon with your guy, JG? You're going to get a chance to talk to him this afternoon. Yeah, you, I love tight, JG, man. you get a chance to call him JG. Are you going to ask him, if he wants to get together with you on Sunday to maybe watch a little football Sunday afternoon, downtime, they're not on the clock. Come on, yeah. JG, let's have some beers. Well, JG's in the same situation as me. His wife probably wouldn't allow it. Now I'm not saying that, uh, 
you know, he's getting some downtime, but uh, I'm not saying that I would be the first choice, but I wouldn't be his last choice. I would say that, but well, that's why I'm asking you to ask. Go ahead. Throw it but, out uh, there. Yeah. Throw it today. Gotta, yeah, Zoom. You, you, is, is this live or is it Zoom? You got it. It's Zoom. You got to, uh, you got to, uh, when you have that downtime, you got to take care of your home life. You know what I'm saying, Jody? Okay. Yeah. I'm just looking to carve out three hours on a Sunday. That's uh, I'm not saying spend the day. I'm not saying you guys should go down to it. Maybe uh, we'll see down the oceans the... and, and hang for, for 24. I'm just talking about a little, maybe, maybe time. we'll see each other at uh, Lowe's or home Depot. You never know. You never know. Uh, okay. You get, get some, uh, what's the, the spray in case your, uh, desk is squeaking a little, FD forty, yeah, uh, WD forty, WD. Yeah. That's I need it. That. Yeah. yeah, go out, go pick up some WD. I got to figure out this desk. this desk. I got to figure it out. That maybe I can JG over to figure out this. There you go. Desk. Get a little JG help. He'll come up with a game plan to get the McMullen desk working yeah. uh, issue free. He's, he's going to be very very cautious with it. I need I need more aggression to fix this issue. Jeff. He's got his way of doing things, and he's not going to be moved off it. No, he actually <laughs> has, and I think that's a plus for JG. So don't. I give him the thumbs up. All right, partner. So uh, you're zooming your life away. What time are coordinators today? Noon, noonish. I assume right. Michael Clay leading off. Then my guess would be uh, Shane Steichen and uh, JG will be the main event. Just a guess. In the cleanup spot. So yeah. uh, we'll be here to talk about that tomorrow. Uh, John, click off whatever you got on your to do list uh, with the wife. Uh, and meet me back here in 22 hours. You good with that? I will be here. We'll see and you I'll then. Try to be more affable. I think I got you upset with the. Television. Not you, the stupid people, the streamers were killing me. <laughs> no, not you and I are good, JM. All the right. same way you're good with JG. But see if you can get him out for three hours on Sunday to go hey, watch the game together. You never know. If South he Jersey can't learn from home. Romo, maybe he can learn from John McMullen. Nobody I suggest. Did, 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 Nobody can leave because of COVID, so nobody's going on vacation. That's what I'm saying. You and uh, your boy, JG, sitting together watching the Cowboys and the, the Washington football team. Enjoy. We'll be back here in 22 hours tomorrow on Birds 365. If you missed any of today's show on the Jacob Media channel, listen to the podcast on your way home. Available on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. 
For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to trylifemd.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D dot com.